Hello everyone, welcome to T-Talk. Today we'll be covering r slash malicious compliance. Our first story comes from user Take It Easy. Happened today at a club membership warehouse retailer. The newly appointed floor manager, of course we'll call her Karen, in between berating her staff and hissing at customers who mess up the way their goods are displayed and merchandised, she accosted my son for unfolding a Lakers hoodie and then not folding it back up perfectly, was asking rather loudly, All items must be placed at the stop of the conveyor belt for quick, easy, and efficient checkout. My son and I look at each other. Then we then carefully place the boxed 60-inch OLED 4K HD TV on top of the conveyor belt. We had to place the box in a tape mode orientation in order for it to fit as the belt fit, as the belt wasn't long enough. We could tell from the smirk on her face that the checkout gal knew that we were being maliciously compliant, as she pretended to not have noticed and continued helping the customer ahead of us. Belt jerks forward with its usual sudden start and stop motion. Box TV makes a loud thud sound as it makes impact with the polished concrete floor. Floor manager and store manager rushes over, asking what happened. My maliciously compliant son speaks before I could. Karen here instructed everybody to place all items on top of the conveyor belt for quick, easy, and efficient checkout. I just didn't want her to yell at me again like she did earlier at the sports apparel section. Karen is beet red with her forehead veins popping out and throbbing at this point. Lovely checkout girl gal interjects to the store manager. Sorry, I didn't notice the TV on the conveyor belt as I was helping the elderly customer ahead arrange her shopping cart. We only have ourselves to blame as we've been telling everyone all morning that all items must be on the belt. Son and I carry on with the check-on check-out process after getting a replacement TV. On our way out, the received check says, "Not all heroes wear capes. We needed someone to do this." As he winked at us. Our next story comes from user Legendary Bandit. You want us to do everything? We'll just play dumb. This happened not too long ago, and the whole thing is about to end soon. I was hired as an English teacher at an academy, not a school teacher, along with the two other teachers. I'll call them Melody and Karen. I, you can guess which one I'm calling malicious to compliance to, lol. Melody is just an, the absolute sweetest person, the teacher from one of the European countries. Melody and I were interviewed at the same time, just after Karen was interviewed. We were told that all three of us would be building a curriculum and a teaching plan in accordance to, with the said curriculum. Our boss then told us all three of us would be teaching, but since Karen needs to take call, phone calls and whatnot, Karen would be responsible for only 20% of the classes, while Melody and I would teach about 40% of the classes. Fair enough, right? Well, Karen is a bit older than Melody and I, and thinks that she can boss everyone around due to the fact that our boss is would always be running other branches and it would be up to us three to take care of our branch. She would always pull, but I'm older than you and therefore you need to respect me. 
card whenever we contest whatever she gives us. On top of coming up with our lesson plans, Karen slowly but surely puts more responsibilities on us. During our probation months, two months, things got heated up when Karen would blatantly give her a responsibility on us and we contested about it. She wanted to act like a head teacher while contradicting herself by not doing any difficult work herself and giving it to us. Technically, all Melody and I had to do was coming up with a lesson plan and teach kids, but our responsibilities became, became unbearable when Karen basically taught us to start doing designs, making a guidebook, helping her out with st- other stuff she had to do with herself. She would si- she would schedule meetings and mock lessons, which were super unnecessary when we just simply didn't have any time to do them. Towards the end of the probationary months, Car- Melody and Karen decided that this academy simply isn't for them and gave a month no- month's notice of resignation. I was transferred to a different branch and the workload has gotten a bit easier, but had to participate in lessons nonetheless. Despite Melody announcing she would no longer work any more than she was told to, Karen has dumped essentially all of her responsibilities and workload to Mary, Melody. This really pissed off Melody and we got into a discussion. One of the things that Karen asked us to do was to basically make a whole book out of our lessons with the graphical designs and charts and whatnot. Now this is totally unnecessary and we could have made it a bit simpler, but no. Karen insists that we actually make a lesson book for the students to use. I would have been fine with this idea only if only we had a professional person who could do this for us. But no, this was our job apparently. Melody and I were burnt out from the workload and decided that it's time for us to play dumb. Anytime Karen comes up to us and tells us about the book, the conversation would go as such. Karen. Melody, I need you to include this idea on the chapter. Okay, but how do you want me to write this on this chapter? Well, you need to specifically add, insert grammar rules, here in this chapter. Sorry, I'm not with you. Can you explain what you want me to write? It's simple enough. You just need to make some questions about saying grammar rules on this chapter. I'm still not with you. Can you write down the question so I can put it in? So you want me to do this for you? Well, yes. Apparently, I'm not understanding what you're asking me. And since you clearly know what you want for this chapter, why don't you tell me the question itself and I'll insert it. So Karen ended up writing the questions. And all we had to do was copy slash paste the questions onto the chapter. Whenever any other workload came to us, we would just dodge them by playing dumb and Karen caught the wind of our plan and confronted us and said that she's only here to manage the place, not to act like a teacher. Her defense of giving us the workload was that these are directly related to our teaching lessons and therefore we had to do it. We reminded her that she's also as a teacher and was supposed to do 20% of the lessons of which she did none so far. She realized that there's no way out of this and eventually pulled her. I'm far older than anyone, any one of you, so respect me, card again. And we told her to go eat a bag of shit. On the last day at this branch, 
I told my boss that since Karen managed and handled all the learning teaching materials and knows my stuff, she should start teaching my classes as a replacement teacher. Karen objected with the idea and contested it by saying that Melody should be the one teaching the entire classes while Karen's too busy talking to the teachers and whatnot. I kindly reminded Karen that, that Melody only knows what she planned and that Karen has already seen my mock lessons and all, of all my lesson plans. I also reminded that her that our boss, that she is not a single class to, over the course of six months should, and should probably teach some classes. Boss agrees with me and assigns with her with all my classrooms. Now Karen's left for my students up until September and won't be able to give anything to Melody since she'll be working remotely from home. Our next story comes from user Chibi Tank. Follow protocol. Yes, sir. So this happened last week. I work for a soft drink distribution warehouse. We pick products off of shelves, fill pallets with product, load the pallets on the trucks, etc. We need to hit a quota of at least 150 cases of product an hour. If we don't have the product on the shelves, we will empty slot it and move on to the next case. If I come in early every day to check our stock area to see if we are out of any product, we cannot put on skids and write them down and give a copy to shift employees to save time. Now, two weeks ago, we hit a warehouse record of 42,000 cases in a 12-hour shift and had had a meeting to find out how we did it. I spoke up and explained what I'd been doing to save time and effort. Our manager then berated me for not following pro- proper protocol of having to call over a forklift and then having them double-check to make sure we were actually out of the product before moving on to the next. It takes more time than needed and grinds our numbers to a halt. I ended up getting a write-up. Great. Feeling discouraged and a bit petty, I went home angry and decided, so be it. This past Monday, I came to work like I usually do and checked out the inventory, business as usual. I took note of all the empty product and wrote it down. I went into the office and made enough photocopies to give to my co-workers and reminded them to follow protocol to the letter. Now onto the malicious compliance. On Mondays, the manager is the only licensed forklift driver on shift. I We started the shift with a pre-shift meeting and stretch and started the day. Not even one minute in and I am calling for the forklift. Manager shows up and goes to check the stock. Ten minutes later, he comes back and tells me to empty slot. So I do. As the manager leaves, I call for the forklift again. Another ten minutes. Another empty slot. I do this every single time. For the next twelve hours. The icing on the cake is that is that I am the not the only one doing this. Every employee is doing the same. As builders, we are not allowed to move on to the next case until we get confirmation. So while one employee is waiting and is causing other employees to wait even longer, we got told to empty spot the items we knew we were gone. 
But every time we told the manager we have to follow protocol like you told us, we managed to get an outstanding one that 1200 cases in the 12 hour shift. New re- a new record for the least productive day. Needless to say, Tuesday I got my write up stricken from the record and was given the go ahead to go back to what we were doing before. Our final story for today comes from user Linzava. Before you start, know that this is way longer than I expected. I tried to summarize as much as possible, but there were a lot of relevant details. Before deciding if you want to read, this is a perspective of an incident when I was a teenager where my parents very much regretted grounding me. So this was back in the early 2000s. I was 17 and had very interesting parents. At least, my psychologists have said so. I got my license on my 16th birthday and became responsible for many of my parents' house management responsibilities. I dropped off bill payments. Before online payments were a thing and you had to drive to their offices and if you didn't mail the checks in time. Did the grocery shopping and taxied my sibling to school and doctor appointments and the friends' houses. I was completely on board as I loved driving I would all, and I'd always get an extra couple bucks in gas money. But I also spent the previous year homeschooling so I could commute to my mother's company an hour away and work 40 hours per week for free. So any freedom I got was like scraps at a starving dog. At that point, I was pretty much an adult and was allowed to go to public school my senior year and reconnect with my old friends from grade school. It was kind of like being half teen, half adult, with the entitlement of a teenager who uh, thinks they're an adult. My family's dynamic was interesting, to say, to say the least. I was the oldest. My younger sibling was the obvious favorite. His development milestone was met with resistance as they grew into new interests like makeup, music, and social activities. My parents insisted on getting the same things for both of us and giving us the fr- same freedoms at the same time. She was three years younger, but the rules were strict for me and never enforced for her. I wasn't allowed to date till I was 18. She was allowed to date at 14. They also brought her shopping all the time, but I was the responsible one. So they signed me up for free work with their social group to increase their social standing. My sister never had to work, but we're so proud of you. You're the only child we could trust with a credit card. Yeah, because I've been contributing to this household since I was 14. It's called child labor. I counted the days till I'd be free of my family. But while I was stuck, I found new ways to have fun. And I had a lot of friends. At 17, I was randomly given a curfew. I never actually had a curfew until that month. I was used to being out by until 2 or 3 a.m. But in their words... You're going to be home by 10 p.m. every night because you keep coming in late and waking us up when you brush out your teeth. Yeah, neglect is kind of funny when you look back on it. I especially love that I was a teen who still brushed her teeth every day and it inconvenienced my parents enough to notice me. An additional background tidbit is that my younger sibling had been caught with pot in our evangelical Christian family's home. She was in the most trouble she'd ever seen. One month grounded, but they let her off the hook after two weeks. This occurred the month before the following story. 
So within the month of my new curfew, I was five, yes, five minutes late getting home. I didn't rush home. I figured it wasn't a big deal after all. I made their house run and I never actually got in trouble because aside from brushing my teeth too late, I was pretty much an adult with adult responsibilities. I literally could ask my mom to call me in sick for school because I didn't feel like going. And she would! Boy, was I wrong. They went nuclear. I was screamed at for an hour and grounded for two weeks from the car. Well, growing up in that house, it kind of rolled off my back, lol. But I was pretty angry that my punishment for being five minutes late was equal to my sister's punishment for storing and smoking drugs in our house. I also knew my parents were about to regret this punishment. I have quite the mean shriek when I'm pushed, and I'm ashamed to admit I loved torturing them at every opportunity. I know they were expecting me to beg for the car and apologize, but I did not. I they, I know exactly what I was coming and how little they thought this one through. There's a phrase, don't kill the golden goose. Well, when your entire household runs on the shoulders of a 17-year-old, you've made some bad life choices. Especially when that 17-year-old is as smart and reliable as the adults are supposed to be. The next day, yes, the very next day, my mother comes into the room and asks me to drop off a bill she forgot to mail. This isn't word for word, but the gist. I have to meet up with the clients and I don't have time. I need you to run this to the local utility company. Yes, she never asks. She demands. Me, looking up for my book. Sorry, I'm grounded. Well, we'll make an exception. No, because then I'll never learn to be to not be five minutes late for curfew. Yes, my small nastiness was the main reason I wasn't the favorite child. As he explained to me many times, I apparently had an attitude problem from the age of four. Well, I really need you to take this to the local utility. If you don't, we'll have to pay a late fee. Well, if I'm grounded from the car, I'm grounded from the car. I won't be doing any errands until it's over. She huffed off, realizing her mistake. I never followed up with how that one turned out for her.